listening to Days of the New, the most important new metal podcast on all of the internet. You know, Nick, it was pretty funny two weeks ago when we said that Chris Taylor Brown might bomb a federal building. That joke has not aged well. No, I mean, not as funny as it once was. You'll notice that I'm wearing my Adidas. Oh, you are. You look like a uh, like a Russian. Yeah. All day I dream about sedition <laughs> is uh, is my new phrase. Yeah, man, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm feeling good. And I am really excited. You've been teasing this for a while, and I've been purposefully, willingfully not going too far down the rabbit hole. Good. So this episode is a, a departure, kind of like last week's episode. Uh, from the standard, I'm going to tell you about an album and we're going to make fun of it because, you know, we're better than that, I think. Uh, we're journalists. <laughs> so we did some hard-hitting research on um, one of the early heroes of new Metal, and I'm going to tell you about it. So, Kevin, allow me to tell you a tale of a very famous man that one day stopped being famous. <laughs> I call this episode The Downfall of David Silveria. <laughs> David Randall Silveria, who has the same middle name as me, so he is clearly a real cool guy, is best known as the drummer of Korn. He has also been a fashion model, a restaurateur, and overall, kind of a messy bitch. <laughs> Kevin, what do you know about David Silveria? I mean, pretty much just what you said. Uh, I knew he did the Calvin Klein thing. I know he's the drummer for Korn. And that is essentially where my knowledge of this man stops. All right, well, buckle up. So David Silveria was able to enjoy Korn's meteoric rise from Bakersfield meth heads to the biggest heavy band in the world, playing on all of their early releases from their self-titled all the way through 2005's See You on the Other Side, which I've never, ever listened to. No, me neither. <laughs> Silveria's descent began with Korn's 2000 release issues, which he felt abandoned the band's formula, which it did. And Wait. What? How did it abandon the band's formula? It doesn't sound like corn. It sounds exactly like corn. Dude, Issues is crap. When Issues came out, I listened to it, and then I took it out of the CD player, and I threw it like a Frisbee. Man, fuck that. Make Me Bad is the jam. Fine. We, we can disagree on this, but whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, he had a spat with Brendan O'Brien, who is the producer. Uh, so Issues came out after corn was TRL big. They left Ross Robinson's capable hands to find a producer that would take them to the next level. And uh, those are finger quotes that you can't hear because this is a podcast. Good podcasting. Yes. These songs were crafted in the studio without Jonathan. And then he came and did his part later. David was asked to dumb down his playing and to quit being so technical. And from experience, drummers fucking hate it when you ask him to do that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, and, uh, it came to a point where their manager actually had to call him and tell him to quit being hard to work with. Stop being good at your job, yeah, damn it. Quit, quit being the most technical drummer in new metal, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I like how he used to play with gloves. You remember that? Like, he had cool fingerless gloves. And when he wasn't actually hitting a drum, he was twirling that stick. That guy That guy had the twirls on lock. He looked so cool. The rest of the guys looked like, um, you know, dirty meth heads, but... David, he looked, you know, like a cool guy. He was, like, kind of fit. He had cool gear. He played yeah. real good. I mean, the corn sound, like I told him about before, that corn grind is when Fieldy's bass and David's kick drum really click in and they find that groove. He was instrumental to the instrumentals. <laughs> Fuck. It's not up for argument. He was an innovator in new metal. And 
all around just a really solid drummer. Absolutely. So uh, at this point, David is annoyed that they're no longer making weird meth funk in a practice space owned by a man named Baltung in favor of fake, angsty, hot topic corporate bullshit. But the rest of the band is really digging their MTV Cribs money, you know, so it's going to just keep going in that direction. This was the album that they had the uh, cover art contest for. Do you remember this? Yeah, well, this is, I mean, this, I mean, we've spoke about things before in this show, but that's like the least punk rock thing you could ever do. I mean, like, we really want to chart as fast as possible, so we're going to put out this album with four different covers, so the True Corn fans will buy all four and we'll quadruple our sales. Yeah. Also, this was, this is what is called in the industry today, spec work. I only remember the one cover, the one with like the rag doll on it. Yeah, yeah. I think the rest were like limited release because yeah, they're kind sense. of dog shit. But, you know, <laughs> you sign the contract. So shortly before this, David did a couple ads for Calvin Klein, as you mentioned. Everybody listening has, has seen Corn, I'm sure. Again, skinny meth heads from Bakersfield. You know, they're not exactly 98 degrees, you know. I'm, actually, I'm not even sure 98 degrees was 98 degrees. There's a lot of geese and stuff. I don't know. So anyway, David pops his shirt off, does a couple ads. You know, at this point, he's, he's like the heartthrob of corn, you know, from his muscly build to his bleach blonde hair and little tiny chin beard. He's about as handsome as new metal gets. Yeah. Well, for, for now, I mean, that shit goes south, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> his Calvin Klein ads, like when you think of a, of a male model, it's a dude who's chiseled and like Ooh. just lives in the gym it's all about cutting weight and managing your diet and yeah when i look back at those ads he's just the guy who drank the least bud light yeah yeah he's like on the hood of a broken car with like bakersfield's like power lines in the background yeah he's just the guy who was gifted with a great teenage metabolism who probably was the first to leave the party yeah, yeah. 5 a.m. Yeah, and I mean, probably lifted weights in his garage a couple times a week. Only arms. Just arms oh, and chest. Sure, just arms, sure. and chest. just <laughs> arms and chest. Just arms and chest. I did see in like an interview on some fucking GeoCities website that he talked about how he did those ads because he was trying to get into movies and he had a mm. friend that worked for Calvin Klein and he thought that was his way in. But this apparently upset his band members. And uh, their fellow new metal bands to the point that Slipknot would rip up pictures of this ad on stage. What? <laughs> I know. I don't get it, but whatever. So, Look at our friend being successful. Fuck <laughs> him. Fuck him making money. Playing good. <laughs> so that beef was brought back to life years later when Silveria posted on Facebook. Spoiler. He does this a lot. Um, <laughs> that at some fest at the time, he told Slipknot singer Corey Taylor that he would beat his ass as he ever made fun of him again. Naturally, Taylor denies that this conversation ever happened. So just to provide a little color about what's happening to Silveria at this time and what fame does to people, I found a funny Kansas City tie-in. Kansas City has a great weekly or monthly alt newspaper called The Pitch. We've talked about it before in the Kitty episode. So Silveria did an interview with The Pitch from his Kansas City hotel room in 2002 on the Untouchables tour. And while on the phone with the reporter who was doing the interview, he yells at his personal assistant, <laughs> Leslie! Will you give me some Red Bull? I'm fading. I ate a big barbecue lunch and I gotta get some Red Bull. <laughs> so, that's actually documented. So super rock star, right? Oh, fuck. I need some Red Bull for this barbecue. Oh, my God. Yes, because nothing beats Kansas City barbecue than a room temperature can of Red Bull. Right. That's common Perfect. knowledge. Yeah. 
All right, so let's uh, let's take it all the way up to 2006, right? The glory days are over, baby. Severius missed some tours with wrist injuries, and his back's all fucked up. And uh, Jonathan Davis publicly announces that Silveria probably won't be on the next record. And just like that, our boy is out. So wow. Corn trucks along, and David does what smart musicians actually do. He diversifies. David opens up... Uh, a hibachi restaurant called Tuna Town in Huntington <laughs> Beach with his wife. Uh, you can go ahead and insert your new metal porn joke here. That's the low-hanging fruit right there. Yeah. So Tuna Town is like a super cool new metal hibachi sushi place. Like Benihana mixed with Ozfest. <laughs> oh, God. So he eventually sold the place to his wife when they divorced. And in pure cool guy mode, he opened up a steakhouse right across the street from his ex-wife's restaurant. Good God. <laughs> so let me read you something from the November 3rd issue of the Orange County Register about Tuna Town. You know I just love excellent writing in local publications, right? It's the best. All right, so here you go. Ten years ago... Shannon Silveria worked as a waitress at one of the many faceless restaurants that line Main Street in downtown Huntington Beach. Nine years ago, Silveria stopped waiting on tables and put a face on one of those restaurants. It was the face of a tuna. (laughs) (laughs) I had to read it like twice. I couldn't believe it. The, The face of a tuna? The face of a tuna. Um, wow. So anyway, he opens up Silveria's Steakhouse and Lounge right across the street in 2007. Uh, their website describes it as this. Silveria's Steakhouse is a unique upscale restaurant providing the best in steak, wine, and martinis in a Chicago-style atmosphere. Blah, blah, blah. Bring your appetite. Okay. It's got really good real estate right in downtown Huntington Beach. Okay. It's got a lot of good Yelp reviews. Seems like a decent place. But it goes the fuck out of business anyway, and he rebrands it to Silveria's Rock Bar, which, goddammit, every city has a shitty corporate bullshit bar called Rock Bar. It's usually like a knockoff Coyote Ugly where the local talent dances on a bar while Three Doors Down plays on the overhead. Nick, do you remember the name of our shitty Rock Bar? No. Rock Bar. It was a place called Rock Bar. That's all it was called. Where was it? It was over in Wicker Park. Uh, it was just oh, called yeah. rock, rock bar. bar. Yeah, there was one in Vegas. Uh, I mean, there's a rock bar in every every shitty town. It's just, it's an easy name. Yep. I mean, it seems like the kind of place that like Guy Fieri and Carl Welzine would like to party with the fire of a thousand suns. It's, uh, <laughs> if you know who Carl Welzine is, leave a comment on the Insta. It will be homies. Anyway, uh, from the kind of patrons that would visit Rock Bar in any town, they leave reviews like this that I found on Rock Bar's Yelp page. The music was awesome. A great mix of real rock. Not classic rock at top 40, a cheesy rock like they play on 104.3, but real rock. Corn, Avenged Sevenfold. The decor includes music paraphernalia from all sorts of bands, and the tables were made of road cases. Very unique. Jesus, who wrote that? Matt Pinfield? Yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> Matt Pinfield would say it angrier somehow. So I sent you a video of the two most obnoxious radio DJs in the history of the world interviewing David in Rock Bar. What are your thoughts of, of this restaurant? Uh, well, first of all, it was kind of hard to really form an opinion through the uh, seven-minute-long gay joke <laughs> that you sent me <laughs> from that video. So you've got these two local morning show jack-offs. And uh, Nick, what year would you say this is? It was 2007 or 2008. 
Okay, so we're still we we're getting some good old fashioned morning drive radio homophobia like right at the gate. Yeah, it's it's awful. Yeah, so they, they get this bit, and it's basically six minutes of one of the dudes pretending that he wants to suck David Silveria's dick. That's yeah. the whole bit. It's a terrible life for everybody involved. Like David was there in earnest. He actually wanted to promote his bar, and he thought that this would be a great way to do it. Can you imagine trying to promote your bar and grill after you're already paying out alimony, and I'm sure you know you've already <laughs> lost your your tuna town, and uh, you've got to, you've got to see your wife every day at tuna town right across the street, and like it with the successful business. Yeah, and for those of you who don't really know much about for food service. This industry has razor thin margins. Yeah, it's not great. You are more than likely going to fail. So he shows up in good faith and these two guys just show up like, you're so famous. Hey, stop trying to suck his dick. (laughs) No, I hate it. I hate it. Uh, The hosts of this video were 100% at the uh, Capitol Hill insurrection. Uh, they, they were absolutely there to boogaloo the shit out of Congress. Oh, God. Yeah. So, I mean, the place, I mean, it looks like the place that I'm on my beach vacation and I roll in and I drink a Corona and then I'm like, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so all's well in Dave land, right? He's got a cool rock bar with his name on it. He's making some money. What could go wrong, right? In fact, no one's really heard from David Silveria in years until this random as fuck video surfaced. Hey, what's up? This is David Silveria from Corn. You're logged on to LilKimsWorld.com. I'm here in the set of Dancing with the Stars to show some support. Kim's going to tear it up tonight. She's been doing great in the competition. I'm here to watch her do it again. Have a good one. Thanks. Okay, so like, that's super random. No one's heard from David Silveria forever. No one's heard of him at all outside of New Metal and his restaurant. And then all of a sudden he's like cheering on little Kim on Dancing with the Stars and doing like promo reel work with her. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. Uh, I have no idea where this is going. Neither do I. But for me, it's the start of a hellacious breakdown that I'm going to begin to detail for you. A 2019 interview on Doc Coyle, the guitar player from Bad Wolves. He has a podcast called The X-Man Podcast. David claims that in 2006, he broke his back while lifting weights at home and ended up on... Wait, wait. And then he got addicted to pain pills. I have no evidence that he was addicted, but in his own words, he was on a lot of Oxy and other pain pills. (laughs) So, as we know, in uh, the mid-2000s, a lot of people suffered from injuries and were prescribed oxy and their lives were never quite the same and i'm this is allegedly what happened to david silveria i'm not accusing him of anything and you know god help him if he did you know work through some addiction i I don't know where he's at now but anyway at the time he claims he actually had to use a walker for a while and he says that he still has arthritis in his back from the screws and shit holding them together and then he has to have an annual pain procedure in that area so like that shit sucks. I don't wish that anyone. I suffer from some back pain. I'm kind of old. That shit's intense. Yeah. Um, but this is also right after he got kicked out of the band and said a lot of weird shit. So I'm just curious about how much of those oxys were a factor. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with yes. 100% yes. 
Yeah, so again, David sort of goes back into wherever he is for a while. Don't hear from him for a few years. And then here we are in 2012. David Silveria rear-ends a car while whacked out on sleeping pills and flees the scene. He eventually pleads guilty and he's sentenced to three years of informal probation, a three-month first offender program, and he must attend a Mothers Against Drunk Driving victim impact panel. David is also starting to lose his pretty boy looks at this point, and now he's starting to look like the owner of a rock bar. <laughs> he's, he's putting on some weight. He's got the, the slick back black hairdo and the gold chain of a guy that owns a strip club in an industrial park by the highway. The Google image search that I did for this guy was the most confusing thing I think I've ever done because you just Google his name and you're going to get results for Scott Stapp, present day Andrew Dice Clay, Artie Lang, one of the members of Jersey Shore, and then you realize they're all the same person and it's yeah. David Silveria. Yeah, I mean, he used to be this bleach blonde Calvin Klein guy and now he's this dark haired like Jersey Shore looking motherfucker, right? Yeah. No, he is an extra from The Sopranos. Yeah, straight up. Like, something happened at post-Oxy, post-Dancing with the Stars, even post that video of him giving those douchebags a tour of his restaurant. He looked in pretty good shape and happy and healthy. So, something happened between then and 2012. So, we're going to kick it up a couple years. Around this time, Head Welch has rejoined Corn, And David probably needs a paycheck. Oh, yeah. So he basically started begging Korn to take him back. So this is right when Korn's celebrating their 20th anniversary, you know, ish. And they're playing their first album in its entirety at a show in London. God, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, that would have ruled. Silveria reached out to all the band members of Korn pleading for them to take him back, and it doesn't work. <laughs> so then he starts telling Korn fans online to hound the band's like social media and fan pages about how the tour should only have the original five members. Hmm. When this doesn't work, he sues them for money's owed because he believes he's still a partial owner of the band. Do you know how bad you, you would need to fuck up for the guy who left the band to find Jesus to come back into the band and look at you and be like, no. Yeah, yeah. Head like left to go to Africa to like dig wells for Jesus. And then he came back and was like, I learned forgiveness in my heart. But fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so he sues Corn and Corn because fuck you, counter sues. <laughs> they settle out of court, though. And from what I could tell, they actually gave David some money to just go away and sever all ties in 2016. When asked about David rejoining the band, Head, on behalf of the band, said, No, <laughs> David has said some really crazy things online about personal things, and he's not in a place where people would really want him around. Wow. So when you describe someone you know as not in a place where people would really want him around, you can take what you want out of that, but... I know what that means. Yeah, you're a fucking mess. You're a shit show. Yeah. So even after he gets the payout, this dumbass tries again to get more royalties, and he starts contacting the company that handles Korn's streaming royalties, and Korn fucking sues him again. <laughs> it's like it's like smacking a dog on the nose with a rolled oh up newspaper. God, right. Um, but they settled in 2020, and I don't know what, what the deal is. So now we're going to kind of bring it a little bit more modern. Around this time, David um, got really swole. <laughs> I'm, 
not saying he started doing steroids, but I am saying that he could play Jose Canseco stunt double at one of those autograph signings at a memorabilia <laughs> shop in Caesar's Palace, and no one would know the difference. <laughs> I've made a really conscious effort to stop referring to an A-frame undershirt as a wife beater. <laughs> but seeing it on this guy, it's a wife beater. Oh, big time. Big time. So anyway, that's not where this story dies. Because David never lost his passion for playing in sweet, sweet new metal bands. <laughs> After his restaurants all closed, he joined up with a band called Infinica. It sounds like STP meets generic new metal, I guess. It's bad. He, whatever. Here, just listen. Wow, that is fucking awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the lead singer is some dude named Riz Story that was apparently in some band called Anyone that was signed to Roadrunner. You ever heard of them? No, but uh, hey, meet me, pod. Get at us. Tell us about this. <laughs> yeah, right. So he looks like that clown from House of a Thousand Corpses if he was 40. And <laughs> Silveria looks like he's just eaten the entire inventory of Silveria's Steakhouse and Lounge. <laughs> hey, you can't take it with you, man. Or can you? So Silveria claims that it was the most technical drumming of his career. It wasn't. And that he wanted to expand his drumming. He didn't. <laughs> Uh, they released their album Echoes and Traces on September 1st, 2014 to no acclaim. Seriously, no one listened to this album. So, Kevin, do you want to know what happened to Infinica? I would love to know what happened in this band. This is the best part of this whole show. I found an article on the PRP from April 2nd, 2016 with the headline, Ex-Corn Drummer David Silveria Booted from Infinica for Being a Trump Supporter. <laughs> too perfect so david goes on facebook and says the following fyi i am no longer part of infinica i suggest you unfriend the page all you will read is liberal lies and nonsense i don't even speak to the idiot that was my bandmate anymore he's too much of a libtard for me to spend my time talking to his dumb ass just a heads up smiley face oh god you know has anybody checked uh, where David was on January 6th? <laughs> <laughs> so Riz Story, singer of Infinica, responds with, David Silveria didn't play the drums on the Infinica record Echoes and Traces. Riz Story performed all the instruments on the album, including drums. David was kicked out when emergent. He is a dim-witted fascist Trump supporter. <laughs> Infinica stands for art, peace, humanity, and above all, we are anti-war and racism. I regret letting Silveria take credit for my drumming and regret having associated with someone whose views are so at odds with everything my music has always stood for. This is my favorite part because it's the truth. The truth is I had the album finished and attaching Silveria to it seemed like a good business move at the time. However, having gotten to know him, it's easy to see why he is so odds with Korn, who, by the way, are all my bros. In response, again on his Facebook, Silveria responded with, what a pathetic little bitch. <laughs> At least you could all see for yourself why I couldn't tolerate that little bitch. I couldn't even get us a manager with all of my connections because they all said his singing sucks. But at least I tried. Truth must really hurt that little bitch. <laughs> so David has gone full MAGA and has decided to take that uh, big MAGA energy over to a new band called Core 10. 
I can't, guys, we talk about a lot of bad music, but I can't find the words to tell you how bad this band is, but we're going to get into it. But first, here is them introducing themselves at a show somewhere in California with like 20 people in attendance. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Boardwalk for having us tonight. Happy Veterans Day to you all. We're very eternally thankful for everybody who served, everybody who is serving, both here and abroad. All right, so no one's ever heard of this band. They're there to see the drummer from Corn, And now we got like, just Red Rock coming from the stage right off the bat. I have to mention that these dudes are old. I mean, like, me and Kevin are getting old, but we also have the sense not to, like, try and tour in a new metal band. <laughs> this band uh, features a bunch of nobodies that I'm guessing are Silveria's Coke buddies. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. But the keyboard player has session credits on Mariah Carey, Snoop Dogg, Tupac, Noah Bex, and Offspring Records, so you would think he could tell that his band fucking sucks. That that man that you're talking about is Ronnie King, and all I have to say about Ronnie King is what in the fuck? Who's, whose dad is he in this band? I mean, these dudes are old, but he's like even older. So I found an interview with the band that I sent to Kevin that they did with Capital Chaos TV, and David is yacked out of his head <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Somebody so wrote bad. in the comments section, oh man, it looks like David's developed some sort of a tick. And I'm like, no, dude, he's sucking on his teeth. <laughs> so, this video, first off, he looks like a jacked Joe Pesci <laughs> who just fucking hates his life. He used to be on TRL and now he's riding in a 15 passenger van with a bunch of dudes who are probably, let's be fair, 10 years younger than him on their first tour outside of their state. And he's being forced to do like local public access spots. And he probably fucking had to pay for the van too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As these dudes are giving, obviously they have no sort of polish to them. They are just stoked to be on local TV and have sponsors, whatever the fuck that means. These dudes are giving this rambling speech about rock stars dying from drug overdoses. And meanwhile, in the background, David is grinding his jaw to absolute dust. <laughs> and I must say, this is all alleged. <laughs> he is allegedly yacked out of his head. His eyes are darting wildly off of the screen. You know, as soon as this interview is over, he's making a beeline for the men's room. <laughs> all right. So now that you have an idea of who these guys are, they released a video for a song about the troops called Active Valor. That was so horrible that they completely scrubbed it from the internet. No joke, if anybody finds it, please let us know so we can do a Mosh Pit episode on it. I want to hear it so bad, but literally, Core 10, Active Valor, does not exist on the internet anymore. I want to believe that, like, one day, we're just going to get, like, a VHS, like, like it's in the ring, and we're going to watch it, and then three days later, fucking Ross Robinson's going to crawl out of my TV and kill me. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the chorus to their single. Unforgotten, the video features a tribute to homeless vets. Like, this is all that they sing about is the troops. All right, 
So this band has two singers that don't play anything at all. And holy shit, Silveria looks like he's aged 30 fucking years. He's now, he has long, greasy hair, and he looks more like the DJ at the strip club than the owner. <laughs> he looks like he subsists solely on cocaine and Italian sausage. <laughs> You know, I'm very forgiving of unconventional vocalists, Nick. Okay. I, All right. Yeah, let's talk about the vocal approach. Yeah. I, I love Brothers Keeper. Mike Ski is one of my favorite vocalists, and that guy sounds like a crow trapped in a cage and someone's just banging it with a stick. <laughs> this guy, he sounds like he's trying to pinch out a shit. Wait, which one? The the fat one that's wearing socks on his arm or the tall one? The the one with the uh, with the little uh, shark's fin haircut. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. And then there's the other guy who's poor man's Peter Steele. <laughs> no, that's why I love it. Like one guy is trying to be Danzig and the other guy's trying to be Snapcase. So they're like, <laughs> under God. <laughs> Had they heard this guy sing? Did he have a head cold and like they couldn't like get a rain check on the studio? I just don't know the situation because like Silveria is pretty bad at drums at this point. His lifestyle has clearly affected him. Even that clip that I played, you can hear his like hi-hat go off tempo. He's not technical. Like he's not good. If you look at live footage of Core 10, they have the drums up louder in the monitor than anything else because everybody in the crowd came to see David, not to see Core 10. But like he's just not good. The band is so bad that the internet died laughing and had to delete itself. <laughs> like, seriously, the comments had to be turned off on the YouTube page for this video. Oh, God. My favorite comment section on the page for the live video says, If 2020 was a band. <laughs> so everybody quit this band except for the two singers who don't play any instruments but apparently held on to their vision. Uh, because seriously, everybody else quit the band to start another band called Bias. Oof. What does Bias stand for? Breaking into... Breaking in a sequence, right? So, Breaking in a Sequence is the band that David Silveria is currently in. It features the guitar player and the bass player from Quartet. <laughs> they, uh, it's, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's completely serviceable bro rock. You get a few like metalcore growls in the background, but like this is the music that I expect to hear when I see a flyer at my local bar and grill that says featuring David Silveria from Corn. Yeah, yeah. So here it is. This is uh, their single Pity by Bias. All right, yeah. you get it. It's um, all right. It's all right. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, it uh, it like kind of charted a little bit on some lame satellite radio metal station, and um, so the last we heard from David, he is doing an interview, uh, right before Christmas 2020, with a Peruvian metal blog called Ablas Rocas via Zoom. The source for Peruvian new metal. <laughs> We should get the Obelisk Rockets guy on this show. I'm going to tag him in this. Yeah. Fuck yeah, I want yeah. that sponsorship. So um, he's in the practice space with all of the guys just passing COVID between each other over and over again. In the interview, 
they talk about what's going up next with Baez and the lead, the singer, they ask him like, who are your influences? And he just listens like every influential, Oh, Mike Patton and Phil and Selmo. And yeah. Okay. So in the interview, David says that he has never listened to a single corn song all the way through that was made after he left the band. Which is clearly a lie. Clearly. <laughs> Come on. He's on wax talking shit about all the records after him. I mean, which to be fair is fine because they're all bad. But like, he talked a lot of shit. He said their drummer like got no groove and they have no soul and all this shit. No, he stayed but, up all night gacked out of his fucking mind screaming at the poor dude who was like, oh man, I get to hang out with the drummer from Corn and do some blow. Just right. like until six in the morning just railing against this. <laughs> But in this interview, he repeatedly says that he means corn no disrespect, and he holds nothing against them and everything, because this is a man that hopes every day to get that phone call. All that David Silverian wants is the call to be like, hey, it's John. We want you back. Oh, man, buddy, you've got a long, hard 12 steps before that happens. <laughs> so uh, we leave David Silveria hoping that bias is going to take off. And well... It isn't. He says that he hopes to find an opening slot for a band playing theaters because, quote, clubs suck. They won't. <laughs> theaters? Yeah. Like theatres? No, no. I think, like, if you're going to use Chicago as a reference, like the Vic. Or the Aragon you know, or something. Like, okay. Yeah, like bigger rooms than, like, the Metro or, you know. To give you guys an idea, we went and saw Silversham Pickups and Against Me on a dual bill at the Aragon, I believe it was. And that couldn't sell it out. No. So the idea of um, bias playing a theater that size. Yeah. I mean, unless fucking Iron Maiden takes you out. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) No, dude, you and I, we went to go see uh, H2O and Alkaline Trio and somebody else who was huge. Oh, yeah. Newfound Glory. Newfound Glory. It was definitely Newfound Glory. That's a fucking huge bill yeah that bill rules everybody had basketball shorts on (laughs) (laughs) they did they did (laughs) just to wrap this up i uh i wanted to check and see what david silveria's net worth is and the internet will tell you that for some reason and the internet says david silveria's net worth is 20 million dollars wow but uh last time he sued corn it was for 750k so um Hmm. i kind of kind of doubt it Nick, this has been a super depressing uh, story. Yeah, it's not great. Is, is there a is there any sort of no silver lining here? <laughs> There's not. There's not, man. I got nothing. It's, it's it's terrible. We always joke about like some band listening to this and like finally getting in touch with us. This is going to be the one. Yeah, we welcome anyone from Quartet to come onto the show at any time. <laughs> David, come on. Tell us your story, man. Tell us what, what happens and convince me that you uh, truly are happy to be in bias, not in corn. He's going to call you a bitch. Oh, yeah. And a libtard. <laughs> yeah. He's going to call you a bitch and a libtard and uh, then scream, stop the steal and hang up. <laughs> Kevin, what have you been listening to, brother? I have been listening to a band called Rough Dreams. And they have one EP out, uh, self-titled, and then they have a couple singles that they've been releasing. The most recent, which is what got me into them, is their cover of Grade's Termites Hollow. 
if anybody knows me, they know I'm a huge fan of Grade, and Head First Straight to Hell is undoubtedly my favorite album by them. Unfortunately, it is produced like dog shit. Yeah. So to hear a band who is, uh, they're from Tennessee, they're super passionate about like that early 2000s emo hardcore sound, and they've done just an amazing job with that song. Uh, there's a lot of love put into that, and it sounds good. So if you like Grade, if you like Thrice, if you like any of that kind of era, go and check out their cover of Termite's Hollow, and then go back and listen to their original stuff. So Rough Dreams. Okay. I've been listening to Be Well. Fuck yes. Yeah, it's cool, right? It's like a dude from Bane, a dude from Darkest Hour, some guys from Fairweather, and then like a dude that produced Thrice and Hot Water Music singing. It's basically what uh, Rough Dreams is basing their entire sound <laughs> yeah. off of. It's, it's good. Yeah, they put out a record called uh, The Weight and the Cost last August. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's a cool record. First song I ever heard from it was a title track, Meaningless Measures. It's good. Um, I'm still kind of digesting it, but uh, it's been it's been fun. I like it. It's an amazing play all the way through. Good call. Cool. Well, this has been a journey watching the demise of David Silveria. You can find us at Twitter and Instagram at Days of the New. You can find me at Nick underscore the underscore knife at Twitter and Instagram. Kevin, how about you? You can find me on Instagram at K-J-D-E-L-U-R-Y. And you cannot find me. Actually, maybe you can find me on Twitter since all the assholes are gone. It's a whole new world, man. It's a it's a different place. Lots of fun dog videos again. It's It's been cool. No one's threatened my life in a while. You know what? I think that is the silver lining, man. I think it's going to get better. For, for us, not for David Silveria. No, yeah, no. No, he's I mean, fucked. Absolutely. But things are looking good for us. I guess. And for your listening enjoyment, here's some more Core 10. See you next week. <laughs>